Passion Week, and we have our Good Friday time of reflection on Friday night. Uh, so a little explanation real quick. From 6 to 8 p.m., the church is open this Friday, and there are going to be different stations of reflection here in the church. It's not a service, but a time that you can come anytime in between 6 and 8 with your family or you yourself and spend as much time as you want at each station of reflection. And when you're done, there's going to be some worship playing, and you're welcome to stay in worship for a while. So we are going to reflect on the death of Jesus and what that means to us on Friday night. Then Sunday morning, we're coming together for Resurrection Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus on Sunday. But by the way, do you know that every time we come together as church, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, even though it's not Easter on the calendar? How many know that? Every time we come together, we, we serve a Savior who is alive. And by the way, and because Tish and the team is so awesome, they're going to have breakfast for you Sunday morning. So from 9 a.m. to 9.50, now, now for those of you that are the latecomers, 9 a.m. to 9.50, breakfast being served. Tish, Tish is back there. Tish, what are you having on Sunday morning? Tell me again. Okay, well, good. All right, well, I'm looking forward to that. So anyways, good Friday on Friday, then, then certainly our time together on uh, Easter Sunday. Um, and before we get into worship, I, I keep forgetting. We had a chili cook-off a couple Sundays ago or a Sunday ago, whatever, and I forgot to announce who won. That was all in fun. So if you won, kudos to you. If you didn't, kudos to you anyways, because we had like 10 pots of chili, and they were all really good. And how many had a good time eating the chili that Sunday? Anyways, so uh, in second place, according to the judges, which I was not a part, so if you didn't win, you can't blame me. Anyways, uh, according to the judges, second place, Samara yeah. got second, so she did good. And, and then first place, and he's not here, he's in Florida, Mike got first place. Yay, Mikey! So, but, but everybody's a winner, everybody's a winner, so anyhow. All right, kids are with us for worship tonight, and, and when we're done, they're going to head down to Ch Kids Church. We'll give you a chance to check in, make sure uh, you're, you're with your parents for this part. It's a wonderful time to worship together as a family. So let's all stand up on our feet. And Lord Jesus, come be with us tonight. Holy Spirit, be present with us. We know you're here, but manifest yourself among us tonight, Lord. I pray that our, our worship and our praise is pleasing to you, Lord, that you inhabit your, the praise of this people who have gathered in your name. So we praise you tonight and we worship you for your glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Shout Jesus from 
trust in you. to come and I just want you to declare this over your life sickness can't stay any longer his perfect love will cast out all fear he's the God of all power and it's in him that we are healed hallelujah there is life and death in the tongue and I just encourage you to just to sing that out if there's something in your life that you need him for cry out to him he's the answer I promise you he is the answer to your problem he is so good. He is so good. Sickness can't stay any longer. Hallelujah. He has perfect love. If you've been waiting for that perfect love, it's in him. You're not going to find that in a person. You're not going to find that fulfillment in your spouse. It's in him every time. something to look for, God, I pray that we would look to you first, Lord, that it wouldn't be another way, God, but it's always vertical <laughs> because you are worthy, because you hold our answers, because you are the one who completes us. Have your way in our hearts, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so glad to have you here with us tonight. If you have children, they can meet at that back door and Miss Kelly is going to meet you in just a second. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening.
Good to have you tonight. We're going to take up tithe and offering. If you have something to give, you can prepare that. All righty. Offering envelopes are in the seats in front of you. If there's not one there and you, you have something to give tonight, wave your hands around. One of the, the great ushers, the great usher team will help you out. But how many know that, that God is building you in to be a giver. How many know that? And it's not, I'm not talking about, you know, you say that stuff at offering time, it's kind of like, hey, we're trying, we're trying to get your offering. No, no, no. God is building you into a giver when you're out there. That you have freely received him all the things that you have from him, and he's learning then. You, you, God doesn't freely give to you so you can contain it. You know that. He freely gives to you so the overflow of your life touches other people. Isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus comes, not, not to be somebody, but to give. And he gave of himself. And, and the Christian nature, the Christian life, is that we are those who give. And we are taught trust in a lot of different ways, trusting in God. Faith is active belief. Faith is trust in him. And one of the ways he teaches that is in the giving of tithe and offering, that you will learn to trust him as your provider. And the, the one thing that I know is this. I don't have any money. Anybody have a, Margaret, you got, a, got a, any kind of cash on you? I don't have any cash. I'm married. All right, so I'm kidding. I just need a dollar. I'm kidding. No, it's not that I'm married. I have a lot of kids. That's why I don't have any money in my pocket. You see, the, the, you, you realize this right here has so many people trapped and bound. You know that? Yes. That greed rules a lot of people's lives. And one of the things about God being your provider is in, in our society in this country, God provides. And one of the ways he provides so you can live is because then he provides this. But you're not supposed to be bound and ruled by this. So what does God do? He asks you to be a giver in your tithing or offering to teach you not to be bound by this. Amen. So the, when, the, when you increase comes to your life, so a paycheck comes or, or however you get increased, you find 10 bucks on the ground, what, increase comes to your life, we're taught the very first thing you do when increase comes is to do what? Give. Because it teaches you that this is not your master. You cannot serve both God and money. And it teaches you to trust in him. And we said this Sunday, so right now in our nation, inflation's up, gas is up, everything's costing more. And it's easy to say, well, you know, everything's costing more. I, I got to be careful I'm looking out for myself a little more. But the whole time God is saying you get increased, trust me. I'm going to provide. Don't worry. Don't worry. How many know that the good father that God is, he's the good provider because that's who he is. Amen. Amen? And you trust him. That's what faith is about. It's trust. So when you give, every time you give, whether it's in the house or, or as the Lord leads you and impresses your heart out of the house and you do things for people, it's not always money, but, but, it's, but it's a lifestyle. You're trusting in God that he's freely giving, and now you're freely giving. He's freely giving and you're, because it's a constant flow of the kingdom. That's what the kingdom does. Amen? So as you give tonight, you're living in faith that God will always be who he says he is, that we trust that what this says is true. Amen? All right, let me pray. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to continue our worship and our giving tonight. Lord, we trust you. We're learning to live in you and to live by you and live for you. Lord, that we will not be people who serve money. We don't serve things. We don't serve anything that we can acquire. We don't, it's not the goal of our life. Our goal is you. And Lord, as we give, Lord, you're teaching us these things because it has big ramifications in how we then approach everything in our life. Lord, teach us to be givers. Grow us into being like you. 
And we thank you for that in, in, in your name, for your glory. In Jesus' name, we all say amen, amen. If you have something, you can bring it down. Um, I did forget one thing Saturday. Vinny, wave your hand around. Miss Vinny in the background, wave your hand. There she is. Saturday, right, we got a, a nursing home outreach at Van Crest Sunshine Nursing Home Team. 10 a.m. at Van Crest over uh, by the old storefront where we used to meet. No, it's not that one. Okay, so if you're interested in that, see Vinny, and they do a great work, and uh, always looking forward to, to reaching out to those that are in the nursing homes. Amen. So, all right, if you've got your Bibles, get them out and go to the book of Luke, chapter number 6. And we're, we're going to, uh, over the next, I'm not even sure how long, maybe, maybe two or three Wednesdays after tonight, I want to talk to you about words. In other words, let's talk about your mouth. Uh, how about your tongue, right? Let's talk about some words. I know we touched on this not long ago, but I wanted to come back to it. Because as those who follow Jesus, that we're living in the way, the way of who he is, we got to be conscious of our communication. We have to take into account the impact of what we say. How many of you have ever said something you wish you did not say it? I mean, when that thing's going out of your mouth, you're like, whoa, 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 you're trying to catch it and shove it. How many know what I'm talking about? It, but, it, but it was already out too late, and, and it did whatever it did, right? You, if you're married, you ever, you ever kind of fight with your spouse a little bit, and, and you're just getting agitated, and the fruit of the spirit of self-control is losing the battle. How many know what I'm talking about? And you say something, and, and you know it's going to irk them, but you say it anyways, and even after you said, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Gentlemen, have you ever been in that position? I know I have. You say things, and they have immediate impact. See, your communication, the words that you say, you've got to be conscious of it, not just for others, but how it impacts you too. Your words are very important. Luke chapter number 6. And let's go to, let's see, verse 37. We're going to read just a little bit here. Luke 6, 37. It says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Forgiveness is the ground-based level of the kingdom of God. Amen. Forgiveness is the key to the kingdom. So we need to be people that learn how to forgive. But watch this, it says, forgiven you will be forgiven, verse 38, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, how many of you have ever heard that last part, and they're talking about giving? But you see the context of give will be given unto you is talking about forgiveness. It's talking about not judging. It's talking about being people of mercy. When you are a person of forgiveness, forgiveness will be given to you, pressed down, shaken, and it runs out of your life. Amen. Amen. So he says this, and told him a parable, verse 39. Can a blind man lead a blind man where they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. So why do you see a speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly enough to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruits. So, obviously, we got spring coming up, and, and, and trees are going to start putting out stuff, right? They're going to start producing. So you walk up to a tree, it's got apples on it. What kind of tree is that? Don't be confused. That's not an orange tree. You walk up to a tree, it's got, well, you grew up in Florida. What, what was good? You had oranges, and what else? Tangerines. Okay, so you see it. You see a tree with tan. How many know the difference between a tangerine and orange? Whatever. So you see, you see a tree that's got a tangerine, right? 
You know by the tangerine, that's, a, that's the kind of tree it is. That's not a pear tree, right? So you cannot hide what's in your life, what's in here, because eventually what's in here grows out here. Don't be mistaken. You can only fake it so long, right? But watch what Jesus goes on to say here. Verse 45, let's jump there. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. Now watch this. For out of the abundance of the heart, his, what happens? The mouth speaks. So Jesus is talking about don't judge people, you know, learn how to forgive, uh, and then he, then he rolls in this thing about, let's not be judgmental so much that you think you can correct somebody when there's a big log hanging out of your own eye. Let's take care of ourselves with the Holy Spirit working us. Then he rolls in this thing. But understand that always a tree is known by its fruit. And at the end there, one of the fruit that exposes what's in your heart is what comes out of your mouth. How the mouth speaks exposes this right here, your heart. Your, your heart is the seat of who you are, okay? It is what, what it drives you. It, it's what uh, it really your conscience is built out of. See, our words, the things that we say, they're indicators, they're an expression of what is going on inside of you. Everybody has a condition of the heart. Nobody's exempt from that. Everybody has a condition of this right here, who you are. And you're never, again, you're not going to be able to fake it. What you are shows up in your actions and your words. I don't know. I didn't look this up. But you speak so many thousands of words every day. Even if you're sort of, when I'm not up here, I'm, I'm quiet. I'm an introvert. I don't say a lot, but I still say a lot. Now, some of you say a lot, a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> some of you say a lot. All right? But everybody, the biggest thing, the most thing you do every day is words. Right? By the way, let, let's, let's lump in here uh, what you post on social media. Let's just throw that out there, too. Your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, your whatever it is you do. Those are, that's an expression. It's your words, what you post. They're an indicator of what is happening inside of you. So a moment ago, we were worshiping Jesus together. We were crying out to him. Even in our imperfection, that is an indicator of a desire of our heart. Expression was coming, right? Or maybe when you yell at somebody in explosive anger, that's an indicator of your heart. Or, or maybe when you cry out to Jesus in prayer, that, that, that expression, those words, that's an indicator of your heart. Or maybe when you slander somebody or, or tear somebody down behind their back, that's an indicator of your heart. Maybe if you're constantly complaining, that's an indicator of your heart. You see, see, our words, they can edify and they can build up, or our words can do the opposite. They can tear down and hurt. Our words create a certain atmosphere, you know that? They create an atmosphere. So if you grew up in a home, and it was unfortunate maybe you had a parent that was constantly putting, you're no good, you're never going to be good enough, or, or you hear words like, like you're ugly, you know, you know what I'm talking about? That creates an atmosphere in a situation, doesn't it? Your words create an atmosphere. That, that's why one of the most powerful things a church can do is pray together and worship together. It creates an atmosphere that, that God inhabits the what? The praise of his people. Your words do things. Now see, of those of us who, who are born again, new creation, our heart is in a certain state where God is, is working with us and he's working on us and we're not perfect yet, but we need to be careful that, that what we speak is lining up with the new creation that we've been given on the inside. 
I'm talking about your everyday activities in life, right? So on a daily basis in our house, she gets up about 20 minutes to 30 minutes before I do, maybe before that the dog's being dumb, okay? So she's up, and when I come downstairs, she's sitting on the couch drinking her coffee. That's every single day, right? If, it's not always a lot of communication happening there because she's not a morning person. I am, so I learned just to be quiet. So, but that communication right there, you realize, could set the tone for the rest of the day. You see that? By words, it creates an atmosphere. If I'm still, if, if we were having an issue the night before, let's say, and we didn't do what the word said, we went to bed and let the sun go down on our anger, and we woke up in the morning and got right back in it when she's drinking her coffee and I'm walking out the door, that's not, that just makes the day a bad way. You see what I mean? But, but after I, I'm done with her, I, I go to work, and usually the first person I see in the office is Eric Smith. If you guys know Eric, I, he's the first guy I see. You know, our communication means something. Then as the other office staff trickles in, and then, but then, then you leave there and you go to Walmart. And, and you're interacting maybe with somebody in line, or you interact with the, the person taking your money if you don't do the self-checkout, or, or, or whatever you do. Then you come to church, and you interact with people here. You create an atmosphere with people by what you say. Are your words the kind of words that edify, or the kind of words that bring down? Because what you do is an indicator of what's happening here. Jesus is trying to work on you and change you. Are you letting him to the point he's affecting what you say? Now, all of our kids are out of our house, but if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. They didn't do their chores. They're not picking up. They're being a bunch of crazy people once trying to eat, you know? How do you interact with your kids? You, oh, discipline's great, but how you do it means everything. Rage, anger, yelling, you're creating an atmosphere. You see what I'm saying? What you say means something. Proverbs 18, this, this is a, a, a proverb of wisdom I think a lot of you are familiar with. Proverbs 18. And th this proverb actually brings a sharp point to, to what we're saying. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 21. says this. This, this. this is really, really strong. Death and life are in the power of the what? Tongue. In what you say. And those who love it, in other words, you understand this, will eat of its fruit, the benefit of it. Think about what you say to people, about people when they're not there. You see what I mean? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? Because your words impact. Is what you're saying uplifting life? So, so well, one thing I do when I pray, in, when I don't know what to say, I say something like this. Lord, I just speak life over this situation. Just, just open it up. God, you know better than me. Speak life. Well, I speak life. You know, why the Bible, you know why the Bible tells you to pray for your enemies and those who persecute you? Because your prayer, you're speaking life even to those that you consider your enemy. That's a heart change to do that, by the way. That's just not natural. Now, I know, I know remember we talked about the Psalms, right? And we talked about the imprecatory Psalms. Lord, Lord, I want you to deal with my enemies. Break them up, man. Deal with them. Judge them for me. Well, okay, pray that, but give it over to him and let him do what he wants, but then pray. You see? So, so it's kind of like this. Do you know how many know uh, we're supposed to pray for our leaders in government? Says that? Unless it's not the guy you voted for. Then it's like, you know what? You need to do that guy, God, and, and, and we're... Why don't you speak life? If the guy you didn't vote for is enough, why don't you speak life? Because isn't that what everybody needs, life? Speak life. Our, our prayers 
in a way, are bringing life. They're, they're, they're creating the opportunity and faith for God to do what only God can do. That's why you pray. I, I don't pray. I don't ask God of things, of, of, of things I can do myself. Right? God, please come mow my yard. <laughs> I can go mow my yard. I mean, I invoke God beyond my worship, beyond my praise. I invoke him on things that I need him, and there's a lot I need him for. What am I trying to do for myself? I'm trying to speak his life, his power, his interaction to me, right? But then you never pray better in your heart, so if you're selfish, you only ever pray about you. You should be praying about others, right? Even, as the Bible says, even your enemies that were speaking life. Speaking the goodness of God. Speaking the interaction of God for them, too. Amen? So what are your words doing? So wisdom says that the tongue, the words that you say, has big, big potential. How many of you today, let's, let's see, um, how many of you today can think back at a time that you were hurt by something somebody told you back in, let's say, middle school or grade school. Let me see. Anybody? Words are powerful. I, I can think back to a time I was in seventh grade, right, and English class, and we had to give speech, speeches. And I've told you this before. Those were like the worst moments of my entire life hated giving speeches with a passion. I'd rather have done anything, even certain levels of torture, than give that speech, okay? But for whatever reason, our teacher did this, which is, this just opens up to all sorts of stuff, because how many know anybody in junior high or high school, this is just an open door? They allowed the students in the class to grade the kid, given the speech, and write the grade on a piece of paper, fold it up, and put it in something where they get to look at the, the grades. You, you give them somebody an A, a B, how many know that's not a good idea? So I'm opening up these things, and I'm getting slaughtered by these people, right? These are my friends, whatever. They're killing me on this grade. And you know my last name is, is Boozer, B-O-O-S-E-R, okay? That's my last name. Well, somebody wrote Kylan Loser and gave me a, a C. And then they had the audacity to put their name on it. And at that time, it just happened to be a girl that I had a crush on. And it destroyed my heart. I'm, I'm telling you, it hurt me like nobody's business. And I'm, I'm not going to tell you my age, but I still remember that. <laughs> I'm way over. I got over her not long after that. But the point is, I still remember, at that point, it didn't matter what else was in the basket. It didn't matter what else anybody said. But this person that I was hoping just, just called me a loser, and it, it hurt me. The word. But she didn't say it to me, she wrote it, it was the same thing. Social media, see what I'm saying? And it hurt me. Our words mean something, okay? And I also can think of times, like we were saying earlier, I said something, I was going, oh, whoa, 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 too late. Apologize all day long, but it, but it, it impacted. We gotta be conscious of how we speak. It's, true character shows when things don't go your way. That, that's when rubber meets the road. That's when, that's when your true self comes out, when you're angry, when you've lost your patience, when something's not happening the way you want it, somebody does something to you. When things aren't going your way, that character shows. It often shows up in your words. And not only what you say, but how you say it means everything. So, so, again, it's just an easy example. So let's say I did something wrong. I say to my wife, yeah, I'm sorry. You see, I did, yeah, I'm sorry. Now, I said I'm sorry, those are the right words, but how I said it, it means nothing to her anyway. She's like, you didn't mean that. Yeah. What do you mean I said it? You didn't mean that. You, did you see your face? No, I can't see my face. It's on my face. I'm looking at, I can't see my face. <laughs> well, if you saw your face, you'd know you didn't mean what you said. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's not just what you say, but how you say it means a lot. So as Christians, 
we got to be people of these mirror moments where we can see ourselves and be honest with the help of the Holy Spirit. So let's say I have a habit of that. It's not that we don't want to fight much, but, but let's say when we do, and, and we're not perfect, so we do, and in the moment I know I'm wrong, but yeah, I'm sorry. I, I've got to hear that she says, but you didn't see your face. I have to be honest with myself and start to say, Holy Spirit, help me change how I'm saying what I say. Help me, because I'm creating an atmosphere. I said I'm sorry, but that, that wasn't speaking life. You know what I mean? That, that we were honest enough to, to step back and say, you know what? I, I, you know, I've had this new creation, but man, it hasn't worked through yet that the fruit coming out that, that identifies who I am is not lining up with that as of yet. And I need to work on this. I need to work on it. So, Lord, help me change what I say. Do you look at yourself and, and nobody's around. You are an encourager. Your words today will speak life to everybody you encounter, even if you don't like what's happening. I'm going to speak life. I am going to look for ways to build somebody up with my words. You see? You, you know you can do that. You can speak life to people in ordinary situations. So, so I just say this because I think most of us end up at Walmart sometimes. You're going through, and, and you didn't do the self-checkout, and, and, and there's this young lady or young guy, he, he's dealing with your groceries or whatever you're buying. For me, it was from the sports department. And, and before you leave, hey, you're doing a great job. Have a good day. You, you just spoke life. You didn't have to, by the way. See, that, that's the thing about the Christian life. You end up doing things you don't have to do because Jesus is changing you. You're, you're doing new things you've never done before because life is being freely given to you. Now you've got to find ways to express it, and the biggest way is what you say. Right? You look for ways. You ever, you ever text somebody and say, you know what, I was just thinking about you, praying about you, and, and send them a verse of encouragement. You're speaking, even though it's a text, you're speaking life. Watch what you do on Facebook if you have one of those. You know, I see so much on Facebook, a lot of passive-aggressive stuff. You ain't saying a name, but you're posting something because you're just saying just so you can say it. Stop that. that that's not speaking life. That's passive-aggressive way of speaking death. Stop. Right? You want to post stuff? Post encouraging things. Post uplifting things. If you're on, people, people get really brave when they're sitting behind a keyboard or on their phone. You know that? Don't do that stuff. Speak life. If you can't speak life, then you, should, well, you shouldn't be saying it. But, but there are certain ways, even when you need to say something and be truthful about it, but still do it in a life-giving way. You see what I mean? You still do it that way. So when you discipline your you still have to discipline your kids. They're going to know you're not happy, but how you do it, what you say, means everything. Right? Think about it. Be conscious of how your words are affecting people. So the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that we confess with our mouth that Jesus... Why is confession a part of our salvation? Because it involves our entire being. It's our heart. It's our mind, it's an expression from our body, and it's coming forth from the thing that we have the most trouble controlling. And, and our life is trying to be brought into alignment with our confession. I confess that Jesus is Lord, and I believe that he has been raised from the dead, therefore I am saved. Our confession is saying, I'm making a statement, and my life is going to follow what I confess, what comes out of my mouth, that I believe. Right? And, and by the way, um, if Jesus, I'm telling you, if Jesus is changing your life, what's one of the things you're going to do? You're going to share the gospel. It's, it's going to come out of, uh, you know, we do it by our actions, certainly. The Bible said that they, they will see your good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. Amen. But man, that, that, that sharing of the life that you have, again, it's, it's, it's an action that shows the tree that you are. 
So I want my life in all that I do, the fruit that's coming forth in my life, I want the whole entire thing to line up with the fact that I have confessed that Jesus is Lord. And I'm going to start being conscious of what I say. So, so in, in my work situation, I work in a church, so in the office, different office people, there, there's, a, there's a, a girl named Danae. She may see this live stream. She obviously attends the Boxing Church, but she may see this later. She's the one that catches all the junk because, and it's going to sound weird if you were in an office situation, you know what I'm talking about. She's the one that does all the printing and designing, okay? So, like, we have those little uh, devotionals back there, right? She designed that, and what I gave her to print, she printed it and, and put it out and gave it to me. So she catches a lot of mess from people coming back saying, Dad, I don't like this. Can you change this graphic? Well, it's already printed. But, you know, let's change the graphic. You know all the slides that we put up before church, the name made all those. Does great work. But she also catches a lot of, hey, can you change this? Can you do that? Oh, Danae, we found a typo. Oh, we have to, you know, she catches all that stuff. I make it a point to say, hey, Danae, you're doing a good job. You know what? I really like this. Actually, those new slides that, that we started with tonight, I was just like, Danae. Actually, what happened was I was at the Bakken's church for service, and they were running those slides before service. I was like, hey, y'all are holding out on me. I want those slides. Make them for the Urbana church. So she did. She made them all, changed the, the name and did all this stuff and, and gave them to me. And I said, you know why, Danae, those are phenomenal. I love those. You're doing a great job. Now, as executive director, I could have said, Danae, make this for me. I need it by Thursday and make sure somebody proofreads it so there's no typos. And, and when she gave it to me, I said, Thank, good, okay, thanks a lot. That's it. But you see, you go out, you're doing a good job. I really like it. I did. That's, that's really good work, today. Keep it up. You see, see, you go out of your way to speak life. And Danae just had a baby. And, and sometimes her babysitter doesn't work out. She's got her baby at work. And you know how that goes. And, and the, the baby needs attention. All this stuff's happening. And she's a bit frazzled right now. So what more time to encourage her and uplift her? You see what I mean? And, and you know how one of the biggest ways you bear somebody's burdens is when you know they have a burden, grab them, let's pray. We're going we're gonna to speak life, the life of God, the power of God in this situation, and we, and we pray. Then what you can do in action after that, do it. But we pray. But what are we doing with our life, with our words that lines up with the confession that we confess that Jesus is Lord? Amen. So I, I don't, I, I, I won't tell the story, but there was a time, uh, it was, I remember, it was high school, again, a high school thing. It was gym class, and for some reason, we were playing lacrosse. I don't know why, because we didn't have helmets or anything. Way back in my day, we didn't care, right? So we got lacrosse sticks, the lacrosse ball, and we're out there playing, and I was one of the captains. We were, we were uh, talking about, and, and I said something about one kid covering another kid, but how I said to this kid it wasn't proper and respectful, it was demeaning. I bet if that person thought of my name today, they would go, jerk, today, right? Don't be that. Don't, don't be on somebody's list like that because of what you say. Be the person that when somebody's in need, that, you know, I need somebody that's going to encourage me, lift me up. I, you know what, I'm going to call that person. You want to be that person, right? You want to be the person that people know that they're going to get encouraged. They're, they're going to be, uh, uh, they're, they're, you, know, you know when you encourage somebody, you speak peace to them? You know that? You, you, there, there are certain things that come with that. You know, how, you know how Paul says, peace I give to you? How can you give somebody peace? A lot of it comes by what you say. You're creating an atmosphere for them with your words. Amen? All right. So next couple, two, three weeks, we're going to talk about words. But I just want to start there. I want you to start thinking after some of your conversations and stop and go, how are my words in that, 
what I just did. And let the Holy Spirit start to lead you, convict you if necessary, or even encourage you more to keep doing that, whatever it was. And, and that, that what we say is just building and encouraging and lifting up. The body of Christ is what we do together. But what better witness in the world, too, than what we do? Amen? Amen. Okay. Let's pray. We'll close out. Lord Jesus, we, we do praise you and we do worship you. And, and Lord, Lord, I pray all the things that come from our life are, are a reflection of, of who you are. So, Lord, for me personally, where, where I, I fall short in this, help me, change me, convict me, show me, teach me. And I pray that we have that attitude, Lord, that we are continually growing into what you have called us to be and, and, and are changing us to be. That the tongue that we have, we're not of death, but we are of life. Help us, Lord, help us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, for your glory. Amen, amen, amen. All right, well, blessings to you. Uh, Sunday morning, 10 a.m., sunrise at 10. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't want to do a sunrise at 6? No, okay, so 10 a.m., Easter Sunday, but again, Good Friday, time reflection from 6 to 8. Please be with us. Now, here's what I want to do. If, if you want to, um, and we've got to get your kids quick to relieve Kelly, uh, last week we had a guest speaker with us. I'd like 